The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. 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 Welcome to Social Suplex Radio. Jeremy Donovan here along with the young boy Josh Smith. Uh, we are here live at ACW here in Newport Ritchie. And we have a very special interview today with the international superstars. Joey Osborne and Blanco Loco. Hello, how are you? It's good. How are you guys doing, man? Not too bad, not too bad. So, yeah, man, thank you guys for having us out here. Thank uh, you for having us. Yeah, you know, um, Joey, we first saw you at a Tampa Bay Pro Show. Um, I don't exactly remember who you were working, but... Uh, we were really impressed by your work, and I know you were a big heel, and we were kind of giving you some heat. And uh, thank you, <laughs> trying try to get you over because we Made saw my job easier. Yeah, we tried. We saw how you know smooth you were in the ring, and then you actually, you actually you. got up in Jeremy's face. <laughs> I'm sorry, no, I'm dude. Sorry. We're friends now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're hugging. You can't see us, but we're hugging. Hug it out. We hooked it out. But uh, yeah, so I mean, we, we met up in uh, New Orleans over WrestleMania weekend, and you know, we we're like, gotta have this guy on the podcast, and we got Blanco Loco with us right now, too. I'm just add on, I'm your plus one. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> so, and you guys are, uh, you're the international superstars, right? Yes, sir, we right. are. We are. Cool. So, so I, um, I saw you, uh, sorry to put you off, I saw you, which show was it I saw you at? Well, the, the first was, time I said what's up was at the Super Show. Yeah, because at the Super Show, we were like, Joey, and you were like... And I was like, looked around, I was like, who the hell are you guys? You were like, how, how Not are you... Not to be an ass, I'm sorry, but I was like, who are these guys? Like, shut, how do these guys know me? Yeah. I was like, who are these guys? <laughs> and then I spoke to you guys outside the second Kaiju show, uh, After Mania, didn't I? Yeah. And yeah. then you told me who you were and where you saw me. Well, we, we saw you at the FIP show. Also, uh, yeah. Earlier in February, you wrestled Francisco Chiazzo, I think yes. his name. Yeah, Chiazzo, yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and I think a lot of the people, because that was your first time in FIP, is that right? Yeah, it was, yeah. So yeah. I don't think a lot of the people necessarily had had seen your work yet, but we knew who you were, so we, yeah. Were, like, yeah, we were like, oh, Joey Osborne's yeah. here. <laughs> and yeah, so we got the chant going there, so we were, you know, we're, we're, we're big marks for you. <laughs> Thank you. I need all the fans I can get. It's the accent, man. It's the accent. It's the accent. Yeah. So uh, we got some questions for you guys. So obviously, you know... This isn't a life that everybody chooses to go into. It's, uh, you know, there's only so many people that do what you guys do. So what convinced you to go into pro wrestling? Uh, I used to watch it on TV when I was a kid. Uh, the first time I watched it, I uh, switched on uh, Channel 4 in the UK, which at the time was one of the uh, standard channels. You only used to have five channels. And uh, Sunday Night Heat was on. Oh, and nice. It was a rerun from SmackDown. Uh, the Rock against Big Show for the number one contendership against Kurt Angle at No Way Out 01. Um, and I just watched that and I thought, geez, this is this is pretty cool. So um, I carried on watching it from there. I got my neighbor across the driveway from me to, uh, it was Mania 17, 2001. Yeah, Mania 17, 2001. Yeah. I asked her to record it and woke her up at 7 a.m. the next day to get the tape because I wanted to watch it before school. And then I've just, I've kind of been hooked since then, and I got tickets for a WWE show for my 18th birthday for my brother and sister. And I went there, we got there late. First thing I saw when I walked in was uh, Shelton Benjamin giving Carlito a drop kick. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that ring makes a noise in like a 16,000 seater, you know, uh, stadium. I was like, this is cool. I want to do this. <laughs> so I was kind of hooked. Nice. What about you, Loka? Uh, I grew up around the business. Um, I'm originally from Syracuse, New York. My uncle used to do security for WBF whenever they came. 
in the town and everything like that. He's actually one of the security guards that was supposed to be on duty when Michaels got beat up by the Marines. Uh-huh. Um, but they called off all security, like, oh, we're, we're good, we don't need any of that. So I just, I kind of got, you know, the feel of it when I was young. I got to go in the back locker rooms with the guys, meet like people like Mabel. And it's just kind of like it stuck with me. My my family's a big wrestling family, you know. So literally had two different televisions going on: Monday Night Raw, you know, Monday Night Nitro, ECW, you know. And my grandmother would always tape all of them. So it's kind of like you know, product of my environment almost. You know? Yeah. Now yeah, for me, I was definitely a big channel flipper too, growing up between Raw and Nitro. But um, Shawn Michaels was always my favorite wrestler. Who was your guys' favorite when you were watching growing up? Definitely The Rock. Yeah. Which, which would be, the, you know, which, which most people don't expect. They're like, oh, Rey Mysterio or Juice <laughs> Thunder Liger. Right, or, you yeah, know, yeah. I'm like, no. La Parca. You know, yeah, La Parca, <laughs> yeah. You know, and they're always like, you know, you're a luchador, you know, so you're a mass wrestler, you know, why don't you, you know, what? It's not that I don't like them. It, it's just more the fact, like, especially nowadays, you know, you, you know the rock story, you know what I'm saying? You know that he went from being, you know, broke to being this, you know, cosmic superstar. Right. You know, and that's, you know, that's, that's more of what I really, you know, strive to be because, you know, I started out from nothing and, you know, wrestling's all I'm doing now. And, you know, it's actually, you know, my, my life force right now, realistically, it's what I'm living off of. And we're, we're traveling so much together. We're, you know, we're wrestling everywhere now that we're able to make it, you know, a nice little, chunk of change off of it so it's you know something that we want to keep on pursuing and keep pushing so I, you said that you grew up in the business uh, Joey I did some research and it, you made your pro debut in what 2008 right yeah nice 2009 nice so where did where did you guys start your training and how long you know how long you been doing this? Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I trained at FCW, uh, not the FCW of uh, Florida, <laughs> the FCW <laughs> in Dudley in the West Midlands in the United Kingdom. And uh, I was trained by Mark Hogan and uh, Kevin O'Neill, two guys that were trained old school. So I was kind of the, I was on the fringe of being the last like group of trainees that were brought in the old school way. You go in the ring, you get the crap beaten out of you for about a year or something, and then you get your first win after that. You get brought in the right way. You get taught respect for the business. You get there early, you set up, you stay late, you tear down. Um, I always tried to be the first one in and the last one out. Nine times out of 10, I was, unless I had a a, a family commitment. Um, And then I was with them for about two or three years. Uh, stopped training, got out there as much as I could on the road to try and earn, you know, as much, uh, what's what I'm looking for, uh, experience about the jobs I could. And then I moved to Norwich in 2012, no, 2011, and I moved in with the Knight family, uh, probably better known as Paige's mom and dad. Right, yeah. WWE. Yeah. Um, and I learned more from them than I could ever possibly learn anywhere else and I I went there and I thought I was good I had this ego thinking oh I've been working four years I'm you know already halfway there to being like a really really good wrestler and I swiftly learned there that I wasn't a very good wrestler Uh, I was actually uh, probably the worst wrestler who was there when when I moved down there and they basically pulled me apart and they put me back together again, but they put me back together again 10 times better than I would have been had I not gone there. So, I mean, a lot of what you see me doing in the ring uh, today, um, the kind of style I do, I owe all of that to them because as I said, they pulled me apart, they put me back together again. They basically made chicken salad out of chicken crap, basically. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's something I want to ask you about too. So, the Knife family that, that you said they influenced your style. So, was that kind of like the kind of like an old school world of sport, um, catch as catch kind of style? To a degree, um, the style that they mainly pioneered with uh, Jimmy Ocean and uh, Ricky Knight back in the day, towards the end of the world of sport era, was a mixture of uh, British wrestling with uh, cruiserweight action. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the uh, a lot of uh, WAW matches that you will see if it's two WAW guys who are homegrown, homebred, you'll see that heavily influenced. Lots of holds, lots of technical wrestling, and then it'll drop on a dime and it'll just switch straight up to a cruiserweight sequence. So it's it's a different way of training and it's something that I've tried to like do over here and not a lot of people are used to it. They, they don't think it makes sense, but if you were to go to a WAW show, you would sit there and be like, oh, actually, this does make sense. And I know um, some UK promotions, I know an old, not many probably do it now, but I used to use the round system. Um, have you ever wrestled a match where they did, they did, uh, they did rounds? I have, uh, and I cut my head open doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is absolutely, like, ridiculous. Um, I did a rounds match at WAW against a gentleman called uh, Steve Quintain. Um, and in the last round, he sidestepped me out of the ring and on my way out, my training foot caught the top rope and I landed head first on the apron and my head just split open and started pouring with blood. Oh man. I look up over the apron, Soraya Knight is the first person I see and she has this look on her face and she's, she's mouthing at me, don't get back in my ring, you know, don't, you know, don't get back in there, don't, uh, don't get uh, blood on my canvas. Yeah. And uh, I tried to mouth at her, we're going home, we're going home. <laughs> so I got <laughs> back in, finish. took the hip toss, took the pin, one, two, three, and just rolled straight back out of there. And I was is that, like, is that the first time you got busted open in a match? Uh, yeah, I believe it was, yeah. Probably the first and only time, actually, unintentionally, or intentionally for that matter. And so, Loka, where did you uh, do your training at? Uh, originally, I started in 2006 with uh, Killer Kowalski. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, I did about three, four months there, and the, the back and forth from Syracuse up there was just, just crazy. Um, so unfortunately, only being 16 years old, you know, I was relying on my, on my parents to get me there and back and forth, and it just didn't end up, you know, working out there. So one of his students, uh, Zachary Springgate, Derek Martell, um, has a school right in Syracuse called Square, Square Circle Wrestling. So I started training there, I did about a year and a half, pretty much the same training that he went through, you know what I'm saying, learning, paying my dues, you know, first one there, last one out. Um, and after about two years of staying up there, you know, the, the scene, the scene. This, this podcast was interrupted by a member of staff from Hollister in the Gulf Mall in Newport Richie at the Coca-Cola machine, buying himself a nice, juicy drink. Is it going to hydrate you, sir? It's broke. Well, there's a food course around the corner, good sir. Uh, so live, live podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Back to the show. So just, you know, learn the ins and outs, learn respect and everything like that, especially for people that have been doing it a lot longer than you. Um, I eventually moved out here, um, and I've just been going at it, you know, every single year. Currently, I train with Matt Seidel in Largo, okay. the WWN Training Center. Um, so, I mean, and every everything that I learned, you know what I'm saying, especially recently from him, is just like worlds apart from what I learned before. Not to say, you know, everybody has their own training methods, you know, there's not a right or a wrong way. Right. You know, there's just, you know, this way and that way. Especially yeah. in wrestling, because there's so many different styles and so many different techniques and so many ways to execute them. 
You know, yeah. and uh, Matt Seidel, I mean, that's a guy that's world travel. He's been in Japan. Obviously, he had a run um, in WWE. Is that did he kind of influence like your lucha blade, your lucha base uh, high flying style? Um, not really. I mean, and I, I mean, I hate to say that, you know, but <laughs> um, when I started training, I, I couldn't do any types of flips. I couldn't take a flip bump. You know, what I'm saying I, I was scared to go on the top rope. You know, it was like just jelly. I get up there, oh no, 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 I don't want to do it. Um, what really inspired me to do all that was honestly just like, you know, seeing a lot of, you know, when I first went to Florida, you know, there are a lot of indie wrestlers, you know what I'm saying, I, you know, my first indie program was uh, FUW, you know, and, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, were just like doing all this cool stuff. I'm just like, man, I, I really need to get over myself because, you know, 90% of this is actually mental. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You know, 10% is physical. It's, you know, if you can't get out of your head, your own head, you can't, you know, evolve yourself, then... You know, you're not going to make it in this business. So, you know, but Matt has helped, you know, in the aspect of making me, you know, be better than I was, you know, make things crisper and learn different techniques and everything like that. You know, so it's definitely nice to be able to, you know, have that type of support system that not only wants you to, you know, you to succeed, but, you know, has your back when it comes to everything else. Nice. Now, we, um, so you guys are the international superstars. I mean, how long have you guys been tagging together? And also, you guys had a three stages of hell match against each other, what, just last month? Yeah. And so I thought that was interesting. I was like, how are these guys tagging, you know, together and then they're having this war? Um, so, yeah, give us some background on what you guys are doing and everything like that. Uh, I mean, we started tagging at WXW. Yes, um, unintentionally. Over yeah, unintentionally. <laughs> um, it, it, was, it was funny. Because um, uh, Pops, off of the Wild Samoan, um, he runs a show over there. And, you know, we you know, did everything we're supposed to do. We went over there. We showed we wanted it. You know, we broke down the ring setup, you know, sat down, shut our mouths, you know, and he was just, like, really impressed with us. So he put us together as a tag team. We didn't know what was coming. To be honest with you, we, you know, it's just kind of taken off. Um, and the three stages of the hell match, I mean, that was that, was that revolt. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, the way to um, And, I mean, you know, the best thing about having a tag team partner is that, you know, when I want to punch him in the face, it's just more to him. I want to punch him in the face. You know? I, want, I want to punch him in the face. And, you know, I want to throw him over the top rope, you know. Um, He's but, right. You know, realistically, you know, that, that's, that's the best type of match that you're going to get, though, realistically. is two people that travel all the time together and know each other so well, you know. He knows counters to moves that I do that some of these guys can't even see coming, you know. Right. So it's like, you know, I have to up my game in order for, you know what I'm saying, to get the best of him and vice versa. Here's the thing as well, is like, uh, last October at ACW, uh, which is actually where we are tonight, um, we were doing a bike fest show uh, the back end of the summer. It was, was it September? No, it was the beginning of October, wasn't it? Uh, I think, and end of October, end of October? Yep. yeah. Uh, he was in a cage match and I stole one of his Blanco masks, um, put a hood on, tracksuit bombed, no one had an, any idea that it was me, jumped the rail and slammed a cage door shut into his face when he was about to win the Cruiserweight Championship. Yep. Um, the following night, did the same thing again, uh, came out at ACW the following Wednesday in a spare set of his gear. Got in a ring, got in his face. It's like, what the hell's going on here? It's like looking in a mirror. Found him, laid him out. Ran in again the following week with just the mask on. Laid him out, took off the mask, and obviously got that, oh crap, yeah. kind of reaction from the crowd. Uh, because obviously no one expected me to turn heel on him. Um, I then went back to the UK uh, to finish off sorting all the things I needed to sort out to move out here. Um, and while we were in the UK, we kept the few going uh, over the Atlantic with uh, video promos, with them playing my music during his matches. Um, and then I came back in December, at the beginning of December, 
Uh, first show back, we got straight back to it. We had a last man standing match at the beginning of February, wasn't it? Yep. Or was it January? No, it's February, wasn't it? It's February. 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 Yeah. Had a, My bloody Valentine. Yeah, we had a uh, non-sanctioned match, and it was literally bloody. We kicked the crap out of each other. He <laughs> nice. put me through tables. I powerbombed him onto a ladder. He threw me off the top of one ladder onto another ladder with a health and steel chair. We literally beat the crap out of each other, and then here we are now tonight at ACW. We're going for the ACW Tag Team Championships, <laughs> right. which... If you came five months ago and someone said to you, yo, Blanco Loco and uh, Joey Osborne, they're going to go for the Tag Team Championships tonight and they're going to have like 120 people here, which I know it doesn't sound a lot, but for a Wednesday night in, in the building that we're running in, it's a brilliant, you know, uh, draw. No one would have believed you five months ago if you said they're going to go for the Tag Team Championships tonight and there's a pretty damn good chance that they're going to, you know, win them. Um, but again, as he said, you know, being tag team partners, we're around each other all the time. Like we train together, we're on the road together. Any shows I go to, he's with me and vice versa. And like he said, you know, there are those times when we just want to, you know, just like punch each other. Like, <laughs> like we'll be driving and we'll be like, what do you want to do tonight? And I'm like, we'll just plan it when we get there. And he'll start like uh, throwing out uh, uh, suggestions and ideas. So just to be a dick, I'm like, no, don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. Don't want to do it. So you guys are pretty much the brothers. Pretty much. Yeah. He starts getting wound up and then he'll like, he'll he'll call a spot and I won't understand it so in my head it doesn't make sense I'm like no it doesn't make sense he's like it doesn't Mike it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't, it doesn't. <laughs> and we start getting like super hot with each other we'll, and we then went to each other for like half an hour and I'm like so explain this spot to me how's it work oh yeah that actually does make sense and then we end up going and doing it and like, I can just see him out of the corner of my eye he's just like sat there like you mother reference I just want to kick you out of my car down highway nowheresville in the middle of freaking Alabama make you walk home you jackass <laughs> but that's what part of being a tag team is because you're with each other all the time you, you are going to have those moments where it's like you know what I'm done with you do one you know it's bound to happen that's what happens but then at the same time it's like he knows I have his back and vice versa so and so do you guys have a preference between working tag matches and working single matches is there the one that you like more than the other one me myself I like doing both you know it's nice to go out there in a singles match and have all the attention on you all the shine on you but then at the same time when you work in a tag match when you're in a ring the attention again is on you and then on your tag team partner and the even better thing about it is that when you tag out and you're still on the rope, you get to have a break, man. It's the best thing in the world. <laughs> yeah, catch you know? your breath, yeah. Yeah, catch your breath, especially for me, who's got no cardio whatsoever. <laughs> so, yeah, tag matches are brilliant. <laughs> so, I see that uh, up until 2016, you were primarily working in the UK, right? Yes. And then you made the switch over here, what, about two years ago? Uh, no, I came over here in March last year. Okay. And... Uh, um, one thing uh, kind of led to another in my uh, personal life, uh, which made me decide that, you know what, I want to be here. Uh, and also being in America, it suits me better. The lifestyle, you know, the warm weather, the, you know, well, mostly the good weather, <laughs> way better than England. Um, and just the people here, I get on with the people here a lot better than I do in the UK because we're kind of on the same uh, wavelength here. Um, and obviously being British, it helps me get, you know, a lot more work because like, oh shoot, this guy is actually really British. Uh, although I think like 90% of the people that I meet think I'm Australian. So. <laughs> I don't, I don't get that. I don't get it either. I was unaware that I sounded like this all the time, you know what I mean? <laughs> Go and get me a can of fossils and put another shrimp on the barbie. <laughs> Some lady thought I was Irish a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, really? I'm like, really? <laughs> Do I sound like Conor McGregor to you? <laughs> uh, I 
can't do an Irish accent. Say that, that was pretty good. So if there's any Irish like listeners, I'm offended. I'm sorry, <laughs> Seamus, fella, fella. Our buddies from Scotland are gonna get a big kick out of that. Yeah, we have uh, some buddies, Ricky and Clyde. They do a show for us. They're from Scotland. I bet they are from Scottish accent, and I don't want to piss off Ricky and Clyde. This no good son. Oh, sorry. So you you had a uh, tryout match with Ring of Honor in 2016, a couple dark matches it looks like, and then this past year, from what I can see, you guys look like you're traveling more than than ever, and you're doing shows for uh, you know WWN and FIP and stuff like that. So I mean, yeah. you know, tell us about like how things have kind of grown for you, and then also like what your career goals are as far as like you know where do you see this thing taking you? So um, myself and Steve Carino. We got on really, really well. Um, he came over to England, uh, over to England a lot, and he wrestled for the Knights when I was over there. So we built, uh, we built a, a friendship uh, from that. Uh, I went to America in 2016. I came out here for two weeks for my birthday. Um, I just sent him a message saying, "Hey, I will more than likely be coming to the Ring of Honor show. Um, I have my gear. If you need any help with anything, then feel free to let me know because I will be more than happy to jump in the ring and do anything, even if it's just getting squashed. But a lot of the time, that's how you get booked in wrestling. Yeah, yeah. you just turn up or you send the promoter a message, which has happened with Blanco several times. I've sent the promoter that he's going to be wrestling for a message saying, "Hey, just so you know, I will be riding with him to the show." I will bring my gear if anything comes up I would appreciate it if you would you know at least think about using me and that's happened like nine times out of ten hasn't it really yeah, yeah pretty much um, and I've been able to get work from it so I went to the Ring of Honor show shook hands with everyone helped set up um, I then was fortunate to get a six man tag dark match um, did that went home obviously came back out in March uh, in October last year I went to NXT to do work as an extra um, I wasn't used and then which you know on the one hand it sucked but on the other hand it was cool because you know I just got to hang out with, with the NXT guys some of whom I knew from the indies in the UK was it one of the uh, the full sale tapings yeah it was a full sale taping okay. yeah and then uh, this past Thursday just gone we went uh, myself and Blanco went to Impact uh, he was there for like the whole week uh, I just went for the Thursday and we just went there again just on the off hand to see if we could get anything at all and we we, we we got used in some backstage segments he got smacked in the head with a kendo stick by Sam <laughs> Callahan. <laughs> Hopefully you'll put this out after that show airs because I don't want to get you know told Spo- off for that. Spoiler alert! Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if you want to do another spoiler alert and tell them what you're doing next week because yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm assuming uh, this is going to be going out in a couple of weeks or so. I so. Mean, yeah. Throughout my career, like I said, I, I've been main, you know, really a mainstay with WEN and ACW, FIP. Um, I've got to do some great things. Um, I've been at Main News Nine. Um, probably about a, two months ago, I was on the front cover of Tampa Bay Times. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Um, the Venice Times. I did a, I did a show for a cancer benefit show, um, and then uh, next Wednesday and Thursday I'll actually be at the NXT tapings. Got, oh yes, we got invited to that. So that's going to be a, you know an experience, and I mean it's just you know, I mean as far as where it takes us, I mean obviously you know the end goal is WWE. So it's always the end goal for anybody is always going to be WWE. That's that's what we want, you know, and that's what we strive for. We strive for to, you know to better ourselves to get on that level. Because the thing about it is, is you know, so many people nowadays automatically think that you're on that level. Well, if you were on that level, you'd already be there. You know, absolutely. And by by any means, though, I think I'm on that level. I think I'm getting there. I don't think I'm there yet. If I was, obviously, you know, I wouldn't be sitting with you gentlemen tonight. You know, but you know, I, I think I can speak for this. You know, when we say that, you know. We're going to get on that level. I'm glad you mentioned WWE because it seems like now with the current crop of guys that are wrestling on the independent, 
a lot more guys are kind of doing like a DIY approach and kind of like building their own brand. I mean, you got guys like the Young Bucks, they're in Hot Topic, they have their own company, they run out their garage selling merch. Um, they're kind of building their own brand. They're doing all in in September. So, you know, they really don't, I mean, I'm sure if Vince gave them the right money, the right deal, they would go, but it seems like they're more interested in building their own brand and kind of being an alternative. alternative. What do you guys think about that? And would you ever consider like going that path? Well, the irony is that we're already on that path, which is thanks to Blanco. Um, I mean, in terms of the way we work together, I'm more of the, the gym guy, I'd say who's you know thinking of like the different workouts different things to do to try and you know uh, shock our bodies to get the best possible uh you know quote unquote gains bra <laughs> um, so we can you know so i mean obviously without sounding uh, big-headed we know that we look like um wrestlers and we know that when we walk out through the curtain people think oh shoot these two guys look like wrestlers which is fantastic that's half the battle one the other half of the battle is getting in the ring and actually conveying that you are a wrestler um so in terms of of, you know making us look like we should be in a ring that's kind of on me now this dude um, he turns up at a show a couple of weeks ago he's like hey look what I got and he opens this like six foot two banner with his like face from like uh, head down to like uh, his waistline and then it's got you know like t-shirt prices picture prices and all this stuff I mean beforehand I was like yeah I'll get some t-shirts made in this and then he's got like 10 or 12 different variations of pictures that, that he sells and I, and I just kind of sat there and I looked at that and I was like I don't want to seem like I'm copying him but I need to copy him yeah. because I, I, you know, I would try and sell like 8x10s and I might sell one or two in a show meanwhile this guy is selling posters he's selling 8x10s he's selling t-shirts he's selling trading cards He's walking out, he's like, oh, I made X amount in uh, merch. How much did you make? And like, $5. <laughs> yeah, so like, I can afford to get myself five McChickens on the way home. <laughs> and if it's on the way back from Louisiana, those McChickens have to last. <laughs> One every two hours. Yeah, that was a nice, that was a long trip. Yeah, but I mean, I... Um, <clears throat> This guy with the way that he thinks of like doing branding and he's always coming up with like different merchandise ideas of like different things we can do. Um, I use Photoshop a lot, so if there's like a logo that he's making, I will make it. Uh, unfortunately for him, he has to get rather stressed out and poke and poke and poke and poke and remind <laughs> he's me. He's guy. It's not that, it's just that my, 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 my memory is dreadful. <laughs> I can get quite uh, scatterbrained and he'll send me a message after like two weeks saying, hey, have you done the logo? I'm like, what logo? And he's like, you were meant to do the logo like two weeks ago. I'm like, I'll do that right now. He rung me up a couple of weeks ago and he went mental at me for not doing a logo. He just like chewed me out and I'm just like, jeez, this guy. I'm I turned to my girl, I'm like, he just had a go at me for doing this. And she's like, well, why didn't you do it? I'm like, I forgot to. She's like, go and go on the computer and do the fucking logo. I'm so like, then she okay. got then she got on your case. Yeah, so then she gets on his side. I'm like, well, I'm backed into a corner. I'm up a certain creek and I ain't got no paddle to get out. So yeah. Branding's definitely the biggest thing right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I actually have a trademark for my name, Blanco Loco. Um, so everything that I do, it's, it's mine. You know what I'm saying? Nobody else can, you know, no copyright. I'm not worried about copyright infringement or anything like that. But like you said, we're just we're just trying to step our game up every single way. You know what I'm saying? As soon as the international superstars came about, we turned around and we, you know, we shot out shirts. We got t-shirts out now. You know, we got poster size posters, trading cards, you know, there's a lot more merch coming out, you know, and it's, it's it's also about the social media aspect as well. So every, everything is on social media, you know, right. so we're very careful about what we post, what we say, who we say it to, you know, at the same time, we're making sure that 
our pages aren't empty for too long, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, I, see, I, I would see a lot of people post one thing and then they'll post another thing for like three or four days. We have, you know, I, I have specific time frames set up to where certain things get posted at certain times consistently throughout. Right, you got like a schedule, like, yep. like Buffer, Hootsuite, yep. one of those things, and just yep. kind of send the tweets out throughout the day. Yeah. Exactly. I'll be sat at work and like, I'll unlock my phone and it'll be like, 15 notifications on Facebook I'm like oh I'm popular <laughs> I'm over at Facebook and like the first three notifications are Blanco Loco tag Joey Osborne and the International Superstars in a post and then the rest of them are like so and so commented on the International Superstars photo so and so likes it. I was like oh no one loves me just put the phone back down and get back to work I'm like damn <laughs> but I mean like again he's awesome for doing that I'm very you know uh, lackadaisical on it and you know I shouldn't be it's something that I'm trying to do more of um like he is like super hot on doing that so I mean if it wasn't for him then we wouldn't have like 100% of the bookings we have because he's a guy that busts his ass is messaging promotions all the time um, which again I need to do more of and it is you know thanks to him 100% that we're going to places that we are going I wasn't going to go and do the WWM weekend I was like oh, I don't know if I can afford it and he's like you have to spend money to make money which is absolutely true you know there's there's wrestlers you know right now that I, I can probably name five off the top of my head um, we had an opportunity with uh, Speedy uh, Productions who is he is an amazing photographer like any he, he can take a picture of someone who's probably 120 pounds soaking wet but he can make them look like a superstar um, and we had we had the chance to go to the place where I work set his lighting equipment up his backdrop have promo pictures taken and I mean me and him jumped on that with like both hands you know we literally pulled his hands off when he asked us to do it he charged us hardly anything at all because he was coming back through on the way from doing uh, a show yeah fest up in uh, North, North Florida isn't it yeah yeah uh, my bad sorry um, and like we got we got we got promo pictures done because as a, a a tag team we didn't have any so we needed them and now we're able to sell them and we've sold a shed load of pictures just as a tag team because they look good they look professional and then you have some people saying oh well I can't afford that and it's like if you can't afford it then maybe go without one or two meals for a week but spend, <laughs> spend that 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 uh, twenty dollars that you were being asked to pay I'm getting promo pictures done because if you get your promo pictures out there and they look good on a poster, you'll get books on the fact that you have good looking gear and a good promo picture and a good physique. And if you don't have one of the three, at least if you have good promo pictures, you're winning the battle there. Because then you can make that money back by selling eight by tens. You sell one eight by 10 for $5, you sell four, you've made your money back straight away. And then you're in profit which not a lot of people understand unfortunately but again it comes down to branding and if you want to push yourself and succeed that's why the uh, young books can sit there and say now we don't want to go to WWE because we're doing fine as we are in the indies because they brand themselves as you said they're in Hot Topic they have all these different uh, Bullet Club t-shirts coming out they keep themselves in the mainstream you know uh, spotlight all the time right and so um I want to hear some uh, travel stories. I know you guys have been uh, joining. You've been like France and did a lot of stuff in Europe. Yeah. Do you have any like fun or crazy like travel stories you can share with us? Um, the first one that springs to mind was with uh, Sean O'Reilly. He's one of the guys down here at ACW. So uh, we were going to Revolt when we had the, the three stages of Hell match, and. Um, I text the promoter saying, hey, we're bringing one of the WWN uh, uh, camera guys up. He's going to record the match if it's okay with you because we want to get it on YouTube. We want to get as much good-looking footage as we can out there. So if the WWE are looking at us, then they can see crisp, clean footage from a guy who knows what he's doing with the camera because the guy's footage has been used by WWE before. Yeah. So obviously, he's very good at what he does. 
So I send the promoter a message saying, hey, we could, we're going to bring our camera guy along, um, blah, blah, blah. He's like, have you got Sean O'Reilly? And we're like, no. And he's like, well, he was booked. And we're like, I was like, oh, I'm, I'm very, very sorry. We did not know. He didn't tell us. And he was like, no, I'm just joking with you. And I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to pick this ball up now and I'm just going to start running for the end zone. <laughs> so I send Sean a message. I'm like, yo, you were booked. And he's like, what? I'm like, you were booked. He's like, no, I wasn't. He's like, yeah, you were. He's like, was I? I'm like, yeah, you were booked. You are needed on this show. Um, where are you? you know, why didn't you let us know that, that, you know, that you were coming? And he was like, they said I wasn't needed. And he got really, like, really wound up about it, really wound up. And I, I think I just sent him one message just like, do you want to be a professional wrestler? You need to follow up all your bookings. All your bookings, follow them all up. And he was like, man, I'm really sorry. I need to do this. I need to do that, blah, 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 blah. And then uh, we saw him the following Wednesday. I was like, oh, Sean, by the way, he's like, what? I'm like, that was a rib. And he's like, y'all are the worst. You guys are the worst. Um, oh, man. I, off the top of my head, I can't think of any from the UK apart from having to run miles uh, if I went too short in a match, which is just, you know, like it's like a standard punishment on the UK circuit, the old school UK circuit. And obviously that was a WAWA. I went too short in a match. I had to run a mile in the middle of the summer up a hill. That was oh, horrible. Man, As I've said, no cardio. Um, that's the only time I had to run a mile, I think, and it's, I made sure it was the last one I ever had to run. <laughs> what about you? you think yeah, local. Any you got crazy any? stories? Well, I mean, apart from if you can, if you can imagine this, you know. If there's a Dunkin' Donuts on the way to a show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> just, just make sure. I, I, I don't like pulling, you know, if I'm, if I'm traveling, man, if I'm going south, and there's not a Dunkin' Donuts on the right-hand side to pull into, I'm not going oh, to the left-hand geez. side. So, delirious Joey Osborne. I wasn't delirious. I was hungry. I was angry, man. He's hangry, yeah. He's hangry. But jamming out to Barbie Girl and... I feel six Spice Girls, girls yeah. Boy Zone, the whole lot so of it. So we definitely, we definitely make it fun. I mean, the worst part, honestly, is just to drive home. Absolutely. 99% of the time, especially if a show runs late. Yeah. Um, we have a great time on the road. It's just, you know... Um, like, it is just to drive home, because like, on the way there, you, you know... You're awake. Yeah, and you're looking forward to the show. You're looking forward to getting it done. And then you finish the show and it's like, right, let's get home. And the first hour, two hours of the drive, it's fantastic because you're talking about the show, you're talking about what happens, and then after that, the talk all dies down, and then someone will fall asleep, and then someone else will fall asleep, and in the end, you're the driver on your own, and it just gets to the point where you're literally just looking at the road, looking at the GPS, looking at the road, looking at the GPS, you're counting down the miles, or you're counting down the minutes, and those, that's probably the worst bit of the journey when you end up counting down the minutes till you get home. Um, to be fair though, Brandon, Brandon Martin, he's the head of WWM Production, he is he the a, best. He, he, yeah, the best shotgun driver yeah. in the world. He yeah. is a top DJ. From, from New Orleans all the way home, he stayed awake the he entire time. Never, never fell asleep. Ten hours straight through. We stopped once or twice for food, and he was just wide awake. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, back in in uh, Europe, and obviously right now the scene in like the UK is like the, like really really hot. They hadn't been for you know years throughout like the nineties and early 2000s yeah um obviously you coming over here do you feel like you're missing out on what's going on on over there because you did say that like you know you're you're uh you know being from the uk it gives you kind of like an edge and you, you like that you're kind of like a special attraction being over here but do you do you feel like you're missing out on what's going on over there or why is it so popular right now are the going what sir progress oh yeah um so no, I don't really miss that. Okay. Um, I don't feel I'm missing out purely because 
in the UK we'd have been a lot smaller than you than over here. Um, if you're in the right circles of people in locker rooms, then you get on Defiant, you get on PCW, you get on Progress, you get on OTT, you get on ICW, and you make a name for yourself in the UK that way. However, if you're one of these people, like myself, that wasn't in the circles of the people like Pete Dunne, like Will Ospreay, like Mark Andrews, you know, uh, uh, Hitch, um, Flash Morgan Webster, Jimmy Havoc, you know, all these guys who are known in the UK, you know, if you're not in that circle, you kind of get shunted to the side and people don't know who you are, they don't pay attention to you. Case in point, as uh, uh, Blanco was just saying, um, New Orleans, uh, Progress were over there, uh, Jim and Glenn were there, and um, we did a seminar with uh, Robbie Brookside, Gabe Sapolsky, uh, so it was like WWN slash NXT seminar slash tryout. Um, and uh, Jim Smallman watched the, the whole seminar and I didn't even recognize him. Like he was just sat there wearing, wearing a baseball cap, just keeping quiet, just watching the whole thing super intently. So I thought, you know, this guy might be a promoter, you know, who knows who he is. He was wearing a CCK t-shirt, so I assumed he had something to do with wrestling. Um, and then I saw him in the hotel. Uh, uh, was it the reception we saw him the next day? Yeah, it was the next morning we saw him down in the, uh, down in the, uh, the front area of the hotel, sorry. Um, and I said to him, hey, I'm Joey. He's like, oh, hey, yeah, we saw you at the seminar yesterday. He's like, why don't we know about you? And I was kind of like throwing it back. I was like, sorry. He's like, you're English. Uh, I'm assuming you don't live here. I'm assuming you live in England. Why don't we know about you? We watched you at the seminar. You and Blanco stood out miles ahead of everyone else. You're a fantastic wrestler. Why have we never booked you? I uh, said, so, well, first of all, I now live just north of Tampa. And he was, he was like, damn it! And like he was like, he was like, he was like, like visibly peed off that I didn't live in the UK anymore. And I said, but with all, you know, with all uh, due due respect and honesty, the amount of times I messaged the progress page, trying to add you or Glenn on Facebook, you know, try and get like my uh, CV over to you. You guys must have just never picked it up because of the amount of messages that you get on a day with because you know progress now work with wwe and it's no secret everyone knows it right yeah everyone wants to get on progress progress to the new all-star wrestling of the united kingdom all-star were huge in the 80s early right. 90s progress have now kind of not so much taken their spot but they're the guys who are now the front runners in the uh, world of wrestling in england um and he said he was like look man if you're ever over in the uk you're booked we're coming back out here in the summer we are going to use you on our show send us some of your footage and we'll use you. They were both happy with what I did. They liked my look and they said the same about him, you know, bring him as well, we'll use him. And I mean, I said to him on the way over to, uh, uh, on the way over for the over for the weekend, I was like, how ironic would it be if I get booked on progress on that week, you know, while yeah. they're there? How ironic would that be? That I've had to move to the United States to get booked for progress. <laughs> That's crazy. And now essentially it's more than likely gonna happen in the summer when I do, I think Chicago, New York, Philly and, somewhere else I forget the other event uh, the Detroit, other city I Detroit I think yeah Detroit. it's kind of like an irony but at the same time it's kind of like you know I left everything that I had in the UK came over here with two suitcases a little bit of money and then I've just tried to grind and hustle as much as I can really and if it pays off it pays off and if it doesn't I know that I've tried as hard as I can nice um, one other question so you know, you talked about like training and stuff like that. So tell us, obviously, like I see what you post. You post a lot about your workouts. What's your like training philosophy and like, you know, what you guys do to, to be able to do what you do in this industry? Um, we train like bodybuilders. So 
heavy to medium heavy weights, low reps, kind of stretch it out at the end and do more reps with a slightly lighter weight just to, you know, finally like burn the muscles out that we're working. We do five day splits, uh, chest, shoulders, back, arms and legs. Uh, not so many legs. We don't. We we do not skip leg day. We just do not die on leg day. Man, leg leg day is horrible. Um, leg day is not the one. Um, but I mean, we basically leave leave everything we have in the gym nine times out of ten. I mean, the only times where we will not go absolutely crazy in a workout is if we have a show that day. We just want to go in there, get the muscles loose, get the blood flow in, so that when we're backstage and we're warming up for the show that we're doing that evening, it doesn't take as long to get the blood flow going, and you know we walk out looking slightly better than we did like eight hours prior to that. Um, in terms of in-ring training, Blanco does a hell of a lot more than I do because his uh, schedule kind of allows him to do that. Mine doesn't, which I I really wish it did, but I'm just in an unfortunate position that. It just doesn't. So, I mean, he's always saying to me, you should try this move, you should try that move. I'm like, oh. and it it, it it kind of goes back to what I was saying earlier on about when we're in the car, let's try this and this and this. He's like, you should try this move. I'm like, no, I, I, I won't be able to do it. Like, he, he, he says to me on the way to the first Alabama, show, no, the first, uh, it was a show we did in, what was it, Crestview? Crestview. Crestview. Uh, he was like, you should do a full Nelson, flip them out into a, uh, into a uh, fat liner kind of bump. And I was like, I don't think I'll be able to do it. He's like, yeah, you will. You're doing something. I'm like, okay. And I did. I'm like, right, I've stolen that. So. Um, in, in during training, really, I mean, I, I, like I said, I train with Matt Seidel most Mondays and Wednesdays. Um, I mean, it's, it's all about learning the basics, man. I mean, there, there's no substitute for the basics. I mean, chain wrestling is one of the biggest, most important things that you can do in this business because if you're going out there, anybody can go out there and, you know, do the flips, do the dives and everything like that. It's cool, don't get me wrong. You know, fans like it, you know, but you know, a real wrestling match is about wrestling. You know, it's not, it's, it's, you know, it's not called professional flipping, professional diving, you know, professional, you know, backhand saying, it's called professional wrestling. That's so, how the story is now. Exactly, you know, and that's one of the main things that, you know, I learned from that is, you know, how to wrestle. You know, it's, it's the most important aspect of it. Nice. So, if it's cool with you guys, we got two more questions, and then maybe we can go into a quick rapid fire round, just like quick, quick answers, and then yeah. we'll, we'll get you guys out of here. Can I just go and get my filter on for that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> so, um, as far as uh, like anyone who would be considering going into this industry, like what advice do you have for those looking to get into wrestling? Keep your eyes open, your ears open, your mouth shut, and uh, keep what is in your pants in your pants. <laughs> Absolutely, 100%. Pay your dues. <laughs> Pay not, not your too. dues. I mean, too many people nowadays, they, they come in, they have one or two matches, you know, and they think that they're automatically superstars. There's yeah. nothing There's nothing wrong with having that mentality, but learn where you are in the food chain. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it's, it's a big stepping stone from, you know, Triple H down to, yeah. I've had a couple matches, you know what I'm saying? Right. So learn where you are. Break the ring down. Set the ring up. Ask the promoter what I, what I can do to help. Be a runner. I for the past three WrestleManias, except for this last one, but for Texas, that's all I was. I was a runner. You know what I'm saying? I ran, I got things for sale, I got things for Gabe, you know, Trevin, everybody like Orlando, same thing. Run, 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 run. I was picking guys up from the airport. Same thing even in um, New Orleans. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I picked up, you know, Keith Lee, brought him to the airport, dropped his girlfriend off. You know, you do those things mm -hmm. because you know, it's going to get you places. It's not even just that, though. It's because it's respect value. You know, mm -hmm. Keith right. just got signed to WWE today. Yeah. You know, and do I think that's going to, you know, get my career anywhere? No. But, you know, what the thing is, it's about being a good brother and helping people out. You know, otherwise, he would have had to take a $200 freaking, 
you know, cab to get to the airport. Yeah. So it's like this business isn't about just you. It's about the people around you. It's a family. That's and awesome. If, if you don't feel like that, you're in the wrong business. Always take chances as well. Yes. It, 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 even if you know that it's never going to go anywhere, like I knew realistically going to uh, Mania Weekend this year that I was, wasn't going to get on Evolve. I knew I wasn't going to get on Mercury Rising. I knew I wasn't going to get on any of the quote unquote big shows that, that, that were going on. But I spoke to, uh, to uh, Paro outside of uh, Mercury outside of uh, Mercury Rising, the super show where I saw you guys. And he says to me, he's like, I was in your shoes this time last year, and now look at me. I've just done progress, I've just done Mercury Rising, I've just done Evolve, I've just come back from going over to the UK doing uh, Good Morning Britain. You know, in the in the year separation, he's kind of gone like an entire 180 and his career's just taken off. And he says to me, if someone like me can go from being where you are now to where I am now, then there's no reason why you should not be in my position next year. You should 100% be in my position next year because you have, you know, the talent and the ability to do it. You know, it's about taking chances. Like I've been doing the job for 10 years. Like one of the first things I said to him was, I'm not going to go to New Orleans if I'm not going to be wrestling. And that 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 was a lot of my mentality when I first started coming to America was, I'm not going to go on the road to a show if I don't get booked. But from going on the road to shows when I wasn't booked and there was no guarantee booking and picking up a booking and then being said, you know what, we're going to bring you back. You know, if you don't take those chances, you won't get anywhere. You know, life is about taking chances. And if you don't take chances, so I I don't want to be sat in an armchair at the age of 60 thinking, man, what if I just taken that one chance? What if I gone to New Orleans for the uh, the Mania weekend? You know, it could have been so much different. So I don't want to be sat there at 60 with like, what ifs in my head. I want to be sat there at 60 if I don't make it, saying to myself, you know what, you tried as hard as you could. You did everything you could. 30 years from now, I finally, like if I know 30 years from now and I'm 60, if I've done everything I can to try and get there and I don't succeed, I know I've done everything I can and it just wasn't meant to be for me. Nice. I'd rather go to the grave thinking, you know what, I've got no regrets because I tried my hardest and going to the grave thinking, man, I wish that I tried that because you only get one life. Exactly. All right, so before we go on to the rapid fire questions, tell people where they can find your matches, where they can find you on social media and uh, just, you know, learn more about you guys. Uh, I'll get mine out of the way first because it's super easy to know. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook are all at uh, Joey Osborne. Osborne is spelled the same way as Ozzy Osborne, but with a Z, I mean a Z, sorry, instead of an S. Um, YouTube, Joey Osborne uh, TV. And I will hand over to Blanco to give you the 500 different handles <laughs> that he has the for branding all his social media. I, I, I tried to be a little bit different. Uh, Instagram, you can find me, Local Lucha 360 Twitter is at RealBlancoLoco. Facebook is obviously Blanco Loco. Um, and YouTube is 340 Sage. And uh, I mean, our next couple of weeks are kind of, you know, built up. We got ACW today. Yep. Friday we have, I, I really hate to say this, but I got to put the show over. It's in Orlando at the Sausage Castle. <laughs> Saturday we'll be at WXW with Off the Wild Samoan. Yes. Sunday there's Punk Pro Wrestling right back here at the Golfview Event Center. The following week. ACW again. We have ACW again. We have I, Revolt well, Pro Wrestling. Wow. I have ACW. I have uh, NXT Wednesday and Thursday. <coughs> Spoiler. Spoiler. <laughs> we'll make sure to drop this Friday, after that. Friday, <laughs> we're back here at ACW for the uh, Selena Del Rente. Um, what is it? It's, it's a fundraiser show because a poor little soul has uh, gone and completely ruptured her knee. So she's she's having a uh, fundraiser show to help uh, support herself while she's out of action. Yep. We hope you get back to the ring early, darling. 
Saturday, we're May 12th, off to we're, revolt. We're off to revolt in Alabama. We are indeed. And then we are making in, in June, June 20, June 23rd, we're making our Wildcat debut in New Orleans. So nice. Nice. On an over 21 show, which means Joey Osborne gets to turn off his filter. <laughs> and if you want to know what I sound without a filter on, I highly suggest you go and watch Bronson starring Tom Hardy. If there's any Tom Hardy lady fans out there, you do get to see him completely naked with no blurry over his bits. <laughs> well, check that out, ladies. You also get a British vocabulary like you probably haven't heard before. You've heard it. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to ask you some quick rapid fire questions, kind of, kind of either or. Um, so starting off, uh, DX or NWO? DX. DX, yes. Uh, rock or Stone Cold? Rock. Rock. <laughs> Omega or Okada? Okada. Omega. <laughs> uh, Ric Flair or Hogan? Flair. Okay. Uh, Raw or Nitro? Raw. Nitro. I never watch Nitro. <laughs> I just watch Raw. So. All right. Uh, WWE or NWA? WWE for me. It's what I was brought up on. Yeah, WWE. I, that's, that's a tough one. That's definitely a tough one. If we can say WWF, it. Yes. All right, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, William Regal or Dave Taylor? Oh. Regal. <laughs> can Regal I say both? <laughs> I'm saying both, just in case either or are listening to this. Both. By the way, Blanco Loco did say Regal. <laughs> <laughs> Smart man. Smart. Uh, Daniel Bryan or Nigel McGuinness? Nigel, yeah, Nigel. <laughs> That's a hard one. Yeah, hot wow. take. Damn. Uh, the Legion of Doom or um, uh, Demolition? Legion of Doom. Demolition. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> uh, the Rockers or the Midnight Express? Rockers. Midnight Express. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, we can no longer be friends. <laughs> so, so let me ask you guys real quick, like real simple questions. I don't want to go to a barbershop window. <laughs> Before you got in the business, what was like? What's your favorite match of all time? Uh, I'd say Guerrero and Mysterio Halloween Havoc. Nice. Oh, nice. That was a great one. I remember watching that. That was good. I watched it back in a rerun because I wasn't watching wrestling at that time. Uh, probably mine, I guess, would have been The Rock against Angle when he won the strap at No Way Out 2001. Uh, and then later it's kind of gone to Rock and Austin in May 17. However, 13, no, 14 year old me couldn't stand to sit there and watch for 40 minutes and then see The Rock get screwed over by Stone Cold <laughs> and Mr. McMahon. I just literally got like a mental block on watching that match for the longest time oh, possible. Yeah. And then I put my big boy pants on and I just went and watched the match. I was like, actually, it's a good match. But Stone Cold's still an asshole. What's your favorite personal match that you've had? Personal match? Huh. Recently or, or, or general? For you. Your, for whole, you your, whole, general. your whole career. Yeah. Can we do uh, recently and in general? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Or like one from recent and one from the past. Yeah. We do that. Yeah. In general, um, this is tough. I've got my two if you you want to still think it. Yeah. Uh, so recently, not to you know get my nose any more browner than it already is, would be the uh, the three stages of hell match with this gentleman sat next to me, and also the the uh, non-sanction match from the ACW My Bloody Valentine show. Just purely because they were two different types of matches. You know, one was just an all-out beat the living daylights out of each other, and the other one was actually like 
both matches told a story, but the three falls match told like a really good story. And it was paced and we took our time and it went 40 minutes, but it was like, in my opinion, obviously I'm going to say it's because it was me in the match. It was a very good 40 minute match. Yeah. Um, and then my favorite match from the past would be against uh, Roy Knight from Epic Studios in Norwich. Um, it was a match that was literally just thrown together on the day, but it was a match where, in my opinion, I had at that time the best match of my career to date. Uh, as they say, everything just clicked. Um, and I've worked Roy like a shitload of times. And Roy and his brother Zach are two people who I really miss working in the UK. Um, they're not so much underrated, but they're the most undervalued tag team probably in the world. They should be in every country in the world. They genuinely should. They're just two top workers and they're two top guys as well. Uh, in addition to the rest of the family, they're all just lovely. All right, local. So uh, I'm, I'm going to go first with that, the unsanctioned match. That was one of my one of my favorite recent ones. Painful too. Um, <laughs> Texas. Uh, Mania week, I got to wrestle. Uh, I was the silver potato in Kaiju versus uh, Drew Gulak, oh. who was Dr. Q. Oh, oh nice. wow, Gulak was Dr. Q. Kota Ibushi was in our match as well. Oh, wow, so that's one of my one of the past favorite matches. Um, and then I had to say, me, um, I was actually in a tag team a couple years ago called Lucha Chaos, uh, my partner Carry On. So that would definitely have to rank up there too at uh, Man of Professional Wrestling and Kiss Me. So that'll definitely rank up there. Who's your dream opponent uh, from the past and your current dream opponent? Well, past is easy. I think you're going to say the same. Rock. Happy birthday, by the way, if you happen to be listening to this. Wow, you sound like Mark. Happy birthday, Rock. Yeah, definitely. If, if, if I could wrestle one guy from the past, it would definitely be him. Um, I had to say Osprey. Oh, okay. That'd be, That'd be a fun match. Because I got to spend the weekend with him, and I was like, you know, we could have some fun. Yeah. We could definitely have some fun. I can't think who I'd want to wrestle at the minute, just because there's just so many guys. I would um, love to see you against uh, Pete Dunne. Or Walter. Yeah, I, Walter. Oh, man. Um, Why are you, you trying to get him killed? You, you, <laughs> so, what, that man's chest to cave in? He's got a big enough chest. <laughs> we went to, well, obviously, we were there working at uh, Joey Janela's uh, spring break, and Walter had PCO in a match. Oh, that match was awesome. PCO yeah. came out with a black chest. Yeah. So, for that reason, thank you, but I would not like to work Walter in case I lose my... <laughs> In case my tiny chest gets battered, I would say probably Keith Lee. Oh, yeah. I would have fun. Matt Riddle, who, quote unquote, is a, he is a bro. He's a good He's a bro. As you said, Pete Dunn, I have worked Pete years ago in the past back in the UK. I would love to work him again. But just like a list that if I sat here and compiled it, it would be like as long as the table is that was sat in now, it would just be ridiculous because, you know, every wrestler should want to work as many people as they can. Yeah. You yeah. know, because the more people you work with different styles, the better wrestler it makes you at the end of the day. Who, who have you been in the ring with that you learned the most from? The Knights, for me, the Knights. How about for you, Blanca? Lindsay Dorado. Oh, nice. nice. 205 Live Star, yeah. Definitely, and, I definitely learned and uh, give credit for a lot of things still. Helped me change my direction. Favorite finishing move of all time? My current one, the elbow drop. Nice. nice. I, you know, I, definitely. I guess mine has got to be the most electric. No. <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. Probably the people's elbow, just because of the sheer theatrics and stupidity of it. It should not be a finishing move, but the fact that it has put so many people down just like pops the living daylights out of me. So, 
I know, obviously, it's done by the rock. <laughs> All right, so we're getting close to uh, start time here for ACW. We want to thank you guys again for joining us. Thank and you for having, us. having us. Yeah. You will have to come on the road with us one day. Oh, oh dude. We will definitely go. And oh, either uh, bring a camera, which we can attach to the front windshield, as long as it's not getting in the way of what we're trying to look at uh, I got being like the road. I got like three different... Uh, You've got a couple of mounts, actually, haven't you, that we can use? Well, I got not just mounts. I got the actual the cameras. True. Honestly, there's a lot of things... You can film like road diaries with us if you want to. We're, we're so <laughs> limited on time, but there's so many other things I was like, I'm like cutting it out. I'm like, oh, we can't cover that. We don't got time. But, dude, thank you guys for coming on this show. If you want a follow-up, you're more than welcome to have a follow-up. Oh, absolutely. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely take that offer. Lovely. Sorry, people, you have to hear my mundane British voice again. Well, well good luck to you guys tonight. <laughs> Thank you very good much. Good luck in your title match, and we will be seeing you next time. Awesome. Thank you. See Thank you, you soon. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.